Well, it's interesting on the on the, the January 6th protests. I mean, he he called that rally knowing that that was going to be in D.C. Where, where things could get potentially out of hand. And uh, he's now saying he would do clemency for the, I guess, the nonviolent. Um, but mm -hmm. he could have done that when he was president. All right. What you have the displeasure of seeing and hearing here is Ron DeSantis, Florida governor, who's hoping that President Trump will be assassinated or imprisoned and unable to become president in 2024 and that somehow we're going to accept him as our de facto or as our alternate president. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night, ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. This is him on Morning Joe with John, uh, with uh, Joe Scarsborough and his wife, uh, Mika Brzezinski. Making the ridiculous claim that President Trump should have given clemency to these people while he was president. Okay, let me remind you of a timeline, Ron DeSantis. Dumbass Ron DeSantis. January 6th is when it happened. 14 days later, January 20th, is when the fake president, Joe Biden, was coming into office, and there was an impeachment in between that time. And they were just rounding up people to put him in jail, and most of those people weren't imprisoned until the Department of Justice of Joe Biden, the fake president, came in. There was no one to give clemency to. Ron DeSantis, look, I'm glad that he's actually out doing this right now so we can see his true colors and we wouldn't be fooled in 2028. This is a blessing in disguise. We get to see the true Ron DeSantis right now. And... He, he, he does great stuff as a governor, as a great governor of Florida. But as president of the United States, it's good that he he aired all his dirty laundry for us to see right now. So we don't even have to waste time with him in 2028. We can get a MAGA president between now and then. All right, let's go back to Ron DeSantis with a little bit of music to soothe our nerves. He could have said, look, this was, he could have taken responsibility. He could have said that the people that went, not the violent people, obviously that's a different, different, uh, it's a bird of a different feather. But on the people that were there just as protesters and kind of got caught up in it, he could have granted clemency to them and he chose not to because I think he was told that if he did that, he could potentially risk being convicted at his Senate impeachment trial. So the idea that now he's going to help people that were railroaded, he could have done that before he left office. Ron DeSantis making crap up again. I 
was trying to find, and it's not easy to find, especially since I am a staff of one. If I had interns or a, a staff, I'd have them research this. How many people were actually arrested within the first couple weeks? Like, People weren't arrested. They came from them, you know, the next month. They came from February, March, April, May, June, July. It's ridiculous to say that President Trump should have given him clemency while he was still in office in those two weeks. Now, I did see something that looks like one year after January 6th, there was like 370-something people arrested. And I saw somewhere else is at about 400. Now, fast forward to now, there's over a thousand. That means the majority of these people have been arrested and imprisoned and uh, and charged and subpoenaed months and years after that took place. There weren't that many, if any, people to grant clemency to in those two weeks between January 6th and 14 days later when they locked down D.C. and put a whole bunch of soldiers to usher in the ascension of the fake president, Joe Biden. Uh, do you think? Do you think there were people that were rail, railroaded uh, that uh, uh, took part in the January six riots? I think there were people, Joe, that that came because he said to, to protest the election. I don't think that they intended uh, to do it. Some of the people that were convicted of things like trespassing, uh, you see videos where you'll have um, police officers actually motioning for people to go in. You'll see that where they were just taking pictures in Statuary Hall. Um, and so the issue with that is that obviously they would not have been there but for, but for the Trump rally. And those were his people. And so the question is, somebody that was there, nonviolent, probably didn't have intent to, to do anything when they showed up that day, uh, he could have done things to potentially alleviate uh, burdens on them, and he didn't do it. Now he says he's going to do it, but he didn't when he was president. How the hell does Ron DeSantis think that he's a conservative when he is going after Trump for telling people to protest something they believed in? That is American. That is First Amendment. That is the core of being a conservative, a libertarian, a constitutionalist. He has the burden of expressing his First Amendment right and encouraging people to protest for redress of grievances against our government. That is a core tenant. That's a core principle, a core value of us conservatives. Does Ron DeSantis really think that people are going to go for him, even if President Trump is killed or imprisoned? We're in a situation where we have put together, and you guys did, did it for our administration, the President Obama's administration before this. We have put together, I think, the most extensive and inclusive voter fraud organization in the history of American politics. All right, so a bit of a cold open there. Welcome to the BCP podcast. I am your brother. I am your host. My name is James BCP, Black Sort of Patriot. Please receive a big hug from me virtually through the zeros and ones, the digital electrons that are making you making it possible for you to see my face and or hear my voice. 
And if and when you see and meet me, let me know you're a fan and you can collect on that hug personally and in person. And I know you have no scale here. I wasn't offended. Uh, someone on Patreon, uh, seeing the pictures of me with other people, realized how short I am. I've been telling you guys, I am a short guy. I am 5'3 in a world of 5'9", 5'10", 5'11", uh, average height, and lots of people in California and in Utah that are over six feet tall. It's never been a problem for me. It's never bothered me. It really hasn't. A little awkward, a little frustrating. 16, 17, 18, starting to date was a little frustrating. But I knew nothing I could do about it. So I embraced it. And I think, I was, I've had this conversation with my wife, that as a black male in America, where people, I'm not a victim of racism, I'm not going there, but people do have their preconceived ideas. And I think that being short black man has actually helped me. It's, people sometimes have been, you know, felt felt less threatened by me. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night, ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end, what will I become? Senwa Saga, Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. I mean, you know, I, I'm 5'3". How much damage can I do? <laughs> I have belted in martial arts, so I can do damage if necessary. But you know what I mean. You know what I mean. Okay, let's get into Epstein. And a conversation between Cash Patel and Glenn Beck, uh, there was actually a very extensive report in a somewhat unlikely place about Epstein and what he's what he's done, the horror he's done since his was it 2017, 2018 uh, house arrest and conviction. And we've got some Epstein news. So let's get into this. Who has Jeffrey Epstein's... Black book? Black book. FBI. But who? That is... That, that, I mean, there's... Oh, that's under direct control of the director of the FBI. Just like the manifesto from the Nash- Nashville school shooting yes. of the Catholic school. Yeah. We still haven't seen that, right? It's not the Nashville police or PD saying we don't want this out. The FBI airmailed into that operation and said, this is not getting out. Because they do that because they, this is another government gangster operation. All these local law enforcement communities get funding from the DOJ and FBI for right. local programs. And if you don't cooperate, you're not getting your million dollars for this. And you're not getting your, and that's a lot of money to these local districts. That's how they play the game. Yes, controlling the purse strings and hitting you in the pocketbook. If you don't toe the line. 
if you don't play along with the narrative or protect the narrative, as in the case of the Nashville transgender shooter, and of course, protecting perverts, deviants, and pedophiles like Jeffrey Epstein, the people in his black book. And we see they like protecting deviants. Look what they did in hiding the Hunter laptop and allowing the 52 intelligence community people go out there and say, this has all the earmarks, all the hallmarks of Russian disinformation. You don't toe the line, you don't get the money. It's not money that's the root of all evil. It's the love of money that's the root of all evil. And that is a control mechanism by the Marxists. That's why you don't have a black book. So, but the black book, it's not just sitting. I mean, that's, that's, that's Hoover power times 10. And, and to me, that's a thing I think President Trump should run on. On day one, roll out the black book. They already want to kill and assassinate President Trump. He says day one, we're going to roll out the black book. That would be a guarantee assassination, not just of Trump, but everyone in his family. I hate to say that, but they cannot let this out. Epstein is being protected at all costs, even though they killed him already. But I like Cash Patel's thinking as far as Trump running on complete transparency. He's got other ideas. He's got another good idea for President Trump here. And not just that. On day one, roll out all of the text messaging communications we, we were told were deleted. On day one, play the rest of the video of the pipe bomber. On day, you know, he needs, one of the reforms I talk about in Government Gangsters is you need a central node to be continuously declassifying. This is another thing they do. They overclassify. Over-class. And I'm telling you, as a former number two in the IC, they overclassify 50% of the stuff there to protect the deep state. Oh, no, you can't see that. Nothing to see here. Gina was a master at it, of doing it. And we still haven't seen half of the Russiagate report that we wrote. Yeah, I don't know what was up with Gina Haspel. Remember, she was the CIA director, first female CIA director, uh, when Mike Pompeo went from being CIA director to secretary of state. And I think Mike Pompeo, though, I don't really care much for him now. He's actually been pretty quiet lately. Uh, I, uh, I did like him as Secretary of State, though I'm very distrustful of CIA. But when Gina Haspel came in, it was business as usual. It was uh, defending and keeping the secrets of the intelligence community. Her job, and you can hear Cash Patel say it, was to play cover. Make sure that everything is over-classified so that the truth never comes out. And that was a Trump pick. I am really hoping that President Trump does a hell of a lot better during a second term in his cabinet appointments and who leads the alphabet agencies. And I'm kind of a fan of the idea of, there, there's some names that have been thrown out for the new Department of Justice. And we've heard things like Jim Jordan uh, and, and what have you. But one name that came up I don't know if it came up before I went to this conference and saw Helena Abba on stage and had the pleasure of hearing her talk about her love for the Constitution and fairness and whatever as she represents President Trump in this ridiculous New York City uh, civil trial. But uh, that's, a, that's a fighter if, uh, if, if he wants to have uh, a female uh, who also knows how to handle the press 
and communicate uh, very well and as a fighter. But President Trump's going to have to need strong, strong people. He's going to have to have strong people in these positions, not people that are beholden to the swamp or want to be part of the swamp or are part of the swamp, but are working for we the people and working for the Constitution. All right, let's get back to Epstein. Congress leaves for a three-week vacation. Senator Dick Durbin still refusing to subpoena Jeffrey Epstein's flight logs. We're running out of patience. It's been four and a half years since authorities raided the dead pedophiles' homes, and we haven't heard a peep. Powerful people want to keep you from knowing about Epstein's world. The FBI seized his electronics, surveillance video, and his flight logs. They know who visited the island and who was involved with the trafficked women. But without a subpoena, the FBI is keeping those people safe. Why would you not release these flight logs? Why would there be a protection of not going after releasing this information? Why would you not make public that information? Why would you not make public all of the video that has been captured from Jeffrey Epstein's Palm Beach townhouse, which the FBI has? I'm aware of the interaction with Director Ray from, I believe, last week or the week before. Our, our team would be happy to work on any formal responses. I'm not aware of any subpoenas that have come to the FBI. Normally, this stuff leaks within weeks. It's been years and we haven't heard a peep. Powerful people want to keep the public from knowing this information. And we don't know if Dick is dirty, but right now it's starting to look like he is. Who protects a dead pedophile when children are raped? We reached out to Durbin's office once again and asked if he has any plans to subpoena the records before going on vacay. But Dick's given us the cold shoulder. Maybe he doesn't think it's a real concern. But if you think it's important to hold pedophiles and their enablers accountable, send Dick a tweet at Senator Durbin and let him know. Let Dick Durbin know, even though I don't know if it's going to be uh, very fruitful. But check this out. Daily Mail today exclusive over 170 of Jeffrey Epstein's high profile associates will be named in court documents set to be unsealed in the first days of 2024. A judge has ruled to unseal documents that would name 177 those who are Epstein's friends, recruiters, and victims within the coming weeks. The materials related to a defamation case brought by Prince Andrew's accuser, Virginia Roberts in New York against Epstein's madam, Jelaine Maxwell. The hundreds of files will shed new light on the late financier's sex trafficking operation and his network of influence. He was not a financier. He was funded by intelligence community, Mossad, CIA, take your pick. He didn't make any money, he didn't manage any money. He manipulated people. The idea that he was a financier is in its in and of itself a lie. Let's get into the details of what we can expect and what we know so far. Dozens of Jeffrey's Epstein's high-profile associates are in for a New Year surprise as they will be named in tort court documents set to be released in the first days of 2024. The pedophile's powerful friends are set to be exposed as part of a vast unsealing that a judge ordered on Monday and will take place in 14 days. That will take the release date of January 1st, but as that is a holiday, it's likely the files will be made public the following day. Some 177 people will be identified across hundreds of files, which will shed new light 
on the sex traffickers operation and his network of influence. George Loretta Preska wrote unsealed in full next to the names of 177 those who are Epstein's friends, recruiters, victims, and others whose names will be revealed when the material is released within the coming weeks. The material is related to a defamation case brought by Prince Andrew's accuser, Virginia Roberts in New York against Epstein's madam, Jelaine Maxwell. Roberts sued Maxwell for defamation in 2016, and while the case was settled, the, the Miami Herald, which published a bombshell expose of Epstein that led to his arrest in 2019, sued to get the documents made public. Some of the does are identified in the ruling through links to interviews they have given to the media, which the judge cited as reasons why they should not stay private. They include the housekeepers on Epstein's private island in the Caribbean, where some of the worst abuse that he perpetrated was carried out. In her ruling, Judge Preska gave 14 days for any those who objected to their documents being made public to object, after which they would be unsealed. There would be, uh, by the way, uh, let's pray for uh, Judge uh, Preska. I mean, seriously, talk about uh, putting your life uh, on, on the line there. Father in heaven, please bless this honorable judge. And we don't know her, but this action is honorable. So please bless her in Jesus' name, amen, with safety and security. There were also, um, there will be documents about one of Prince Andrew's accusers who claims he fondled her breasts at Epstein's New York mansion. There were also materials about Haley Robson, who was named as a recruiter in police files of Epstein's original investigation in 2006 in Palm Beach, though she has more recently claimed she was a victim too. The following suggests some documents will relate to Jean-Luc Brunel, a French model scout who was close to Epstein and allegedly abused many young women. Brunel hanged himself in a Paris prison in 2022 while waiting trial on a slew of sex charges. Of course, because, you know, Epstein and Epstein-related people have a tendency to hang themselves in prison, or so we're told. The documents in the case have been released on a rolling basis since 2019 when the first batch were made public before Epstein also hanged himself in prison while awaiting trial on trafficking charges. Now, the next portion of this article goes into some of the names that we know can surmise, we can break down from what uh, Judge Preska said and some of these people have been in the press already. They've given interviews, they've given commentary. And these are some of the reasons, this is one of the reasons why Judge Prescott says, let's just release these names and then give those who object to their names being uh, released time to file a motion to have uh, their name uh, hidden. So let's, uh, let's get into this. Let's, let's go down this list, see who we know and what we know so far. The batch of 177 does is the final group and includes many who were notified by the court but did not object to documents with their name on them being made public. The material is likely to include depositions, emails, legal documents, and other materials not previously made public. Does 3 and 4 appear to be Miles and Kathy Alexander, a South African couple who managed Little St. James, Epstein's private island in the Caribbean for years. Judge Preska cited a 2011 interview the couple gave to the Daily Mail as one of the reasons why their names should be made public. In the interview, uh, check this out. This is uh, unsettling. This is doing what you're told, no questions asked because there's money involved. Morals go out the window. In the interview, the couple claimed that it was not their place to judge other people even though they suspected some of the girls on the island were young. Yeah, they knew what was going on, but they also knew that perhaps they would get killed 
or the uh, their paychecks would not be coming in and they had a cushy job. So, you know, it's not their place to judge that grown-ass men are raping young teenage girls. But look, just like the Epstein crew were knew how to groom and procure these women, they also knew how to procure people who will do what they're told for a paycheck, no questions asked, regardless of uh, young people uh, being raped and having sex with older men because, you know, it's not their place to judge. Sick. Sick! Daily Mail's got some pictures again here of Prince Andrews with Virginia Roberts. Uh, Jelaine Maxwell smooching on... You know, Jeffrey Epstein is an ugly-ass dude. Really is. Really no redeeming qualities about him. I guess he was kind of fit. Okay. Kathy described how the Duke of York with a blonde brain surgeon in her 30s uh, arrived with a blonde brain surgeon in her 30s and that he urinated on her feet when she trod on a sea urchin. I, I think that's a I think that's a thing though, right? Like when you get stung by like a stingray or a sea urchin, you're supposed to urinate on it or something because the it neutralizes. I don't know. It seems like something I heard anecdotally from, you know, I'm half Puerto Rican. Maybe that's just island lore I have in my head. The tranche of documents will also include those referring to Annie Farmer, one of the women who gave evidence at Maxwell's trial. She is identified as Doe 63 as Judge Preska cites an interview she gave and notes she testified under her own name. Doe 64 appears to refer to Farmer's sister Maria as it cites the same interview as her sister in which both of them spoke. Doe 67 is one of the recruiters who was named during Maxwell's trial for luring a 14-year-old girl into Epstein's uh, Epstein's web. Okay, so 67 is going to be one of those recruiters. We want to see who that is. Caroline Adriano, who testified at Maxwell's trial that she was recruited at age 14 and repeatedly raped by Epstein, is identified as Doe 5 due to an interview which the ruling cited. Tragically, she died earlier this year from an overdose in a hotel room in Florida. I remember... Uh, covering that. Doe 23 appears to be Brunel as it refers to a person who was subject to a widely publicized criminal prosecution abroad for sex trafficking. Brunel was arrested for the crime in France but committed suicide before he'd go to trial. I don't really know the uh, circumstances of that suicide, but let's just call it what it is. He was Epstein. Doe 24 is the only one who is identified by name, and that's Harvard Law Professor Alan Dershowitz, who has publicly called for all material related to him to be made public. Of course, it was Alan Dershowitz. Alan Dershowitz defended Trump. So, of course, they got they had to have his name get out there. I mean, once again, I don't know. Alan Dershowitz. Just because these people, okay, let's be fair, innocent to proven guilty, just because some of these names will come out doesn't mean that they were guilty of having sex with children. For instance, these Alexanders are detestable people. They saw what was going on and said nothing, but they were not involved in raping these children. And there'll be some names of, of, of people there. But what we want are the does. We want to know the names of the traffickers and those that dealed and had sex with these underage young girls. I feel dirty just describing what they did. It is hard sometimes, folks, being... You know, I'm not perfect, 
But when it comes to this area of morality, I am perfect. I, I, I think it's disgusting and sick and perverted and deviant. And these people should be, I believe in a capital punishment for pedophiles. It is, it is deviant activity and they should be eliminated from the gene pool. That's how I feel. Judge Preska cited an NBC News interview she gave as a reason for unsealing material related to Doe 44. Among those who spoke on the interview were Roberts and Epstein victim Anuska de Giorgio, who testified against Maxwell at her trial, along with Sean Tay Davies, another woman who said she was repeatedly raped by the pedophile. Also featured in the interview are Epstein victims Jennifer Arauz and Rachel Benavides. It is unclear which person the ruling refers to. Doe 154 is Haley Robson, who spoke out in the Netflix series Filthy Rich about Epstein's crimes and described how she was allegedly, she was, she was already a rape victim by the age of 16 when she got caught in his web. I mean, and once again, that's just, that's what I was referring to. They knew how to target these girls, these women. Uh, I, I say women, but these were, you know, biologically, biologically, 14, 15, 16, these, these girls, many of them, not all of them, had women's bodies, but they were girls. They were young, impressionable, and they, they knew how to procure and to groom these ladies. I mean, we're seeing here this poor lass that Haley Robson was a rape victim before she got caught in the web of Epstein. I'm sure that wasn't an accident. In the interview cited by Judge Preska, Robson says that her image as portrayed in police reports, she bragged that she was like Heidi Fleiss, the infamous madam. She was not mature enough to understand what was happening to her at the time. Perhaps most alarming for Prince Andrew is inclusion of Johanna Joburg, one of Epstein's underage girls in the list of does. Judge Preska effectively names Joburg as Jane Doe 162 by citing a Daily Mail article about her from 2021. So far, only small excerpts of her deposition have been made public, and those have been damning for the Duke. It was in 2007 that she first told of the alleged encounter with Andrew at Epstein's East 71 Street mansion in New York. In depositions, she recalled that she returned to the grand home after some sightseeing, and Prince Andrew was there and a couple of other girls my age. Andrew was very charming, she said. She, Maxwell, came down with a present for him, a latex puppet of him, from Spitting Image, a satirical British TV show. Joburg added that Andrew had thought the puppet was funny because it was him. She said in in a deposition, I just remember someone suggesting a photo and they told us to get on the couch and so Virginia Roberts and Andrew sat on the couch and they put the puppet on her lap. And I sat on Andrew's lap, I believe of my own volition, and they took the puppet's hands, they put it on Virginia's breast and so Andrew put his on mine. It was all done in a joking manner and everybody laughed. Uh, Schoberg said Jelaine had a very dirty sense of humor. There are 10 does whose names will not be made public, Joe, uh, Judge Preska ruled, because there are minor victims whose names have not been publicly revealed before. In those cases, their privacy outweighs the public's right to know, the ruling stated. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm not for victim shaming. I'm okay with that. Once again, we want the names of those that were procuring, that were guilty of crimes. Does, rapists, would-be does and rapists, and those that were part of the operation, the Jelaine Maxwells and other people that facilitated, aided, and abetted in these crimes. In a previously released document in the case, Roberts 
named for the first time other powerful men. She alleges that she had sex with, including former New York, uh, New Mexico governor Bill Richardson, who died in September. I wonder when we see this list of does, how many of these people have died within the last 12 to 24 months. I'm curious to see what the uh, body count, what the unfortunate death count is for many of these people whose names are going to come out. Meaning people who have died recently who who we're going to see on that list. Other names include wealthy financier Glenn Dubin and now deceased MIT scientist Marvin Minsky along with another prince, a foreign president, a well-known prime minister, and the owner of a large hotel chain in France. Email sent by Andrew to Maxwell showed the panic that gripped him in early 2015 when Roberts made her allegations against him. In an email to Maxwell at 5.50 a.m. on January 3rd, 2015, the Duke wrote, let me know when we can talk. Got some specific questions to ask you about Virginia Roberts. Maxwell replied, have some info. Call me when you have a moment. Roberts sued Andrew in 2021 at a court in New York for battery and infliction of emotional distress. They settled the case in February of last year for a reported $12 million. Andrew has always denied any wrongdoing and told the BBC in an interview that he never remembered meeting Roberts, who now lives in Australia and goes by her married name, Guffra or Guffrey. So those are some of the names that we can expect to see. But there's 177. Ten of them are off the table. Uh, let's see. Does that 177 include the names? Let's see. I don't know if I'm correct on that. I don't want to give you uh, over 170 of Jeffrey Epstein's high-profile names will be named. So I guess uh, there's 180 plus 10 of them are not to be named, so 170 plus. And we've just gone over a few. Now, what's interesting to me is this is not the only article about Jeffrey Epstein. They're trying to uh, show you that Jeffrey Epstein maybe wasn't just a pedophile. And what am I talking about? I'm talking about this article right here. Wall Street Journal. Jeffrey Epstein never stopped abusing women and his VIP circle helped make it possible. A Wall Street Journal investigation showed Epstein continued ensnaring young women for abuse after his 2008 conviction. This is a story of what happened. Now, this was uh, from two days ago in the Wall Street Journal. And in March 2014, Jeffrey Epstein took his private jet to Seattle to visit Bill Gates at his office. Epstein brought along a Polish model he had met a few months earlier. Dressed in a long gray coat, she posed for a photo with the Microsoft co-founder. Epstein took the picture. Looking at the photograph now brings back difficult memories for the Polish model who was then in her 20s. She notes how young she looked at the time and how strange she must have appeared to Gates and other famous people that Epstein was escorting her to meet. Now, when I look at myself there, I, it couldn't have looked normal, she said in a recent interview. I saw the looks of those people. Like, what is she doing here? Yeah, what is she doing here? Because she was in her 20s and not 14, 15, 16, 17, 13, 12. I believe 14 was the sweet spot. Uh, I, 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 forgive me. You know what I mean by sweet spot? I mean average. That was the preferred age of the clientele. I'm not saying that in any kind of pervy way. So this Wall Street Journal uh, article is very, very long and extensive. Bill Gates, this Polish uh, lady, uh, model, information about Epstein's assistant. And there's quite a bit of detail in here. We got Naomi Campbell uh, in this. Uh, This is his apartment here. 
that he lived in in Paris. So this is a whole other report. So let's call this part one and let's continue with Epstein in tomorrow's episode. Until then, ciao, goodbye, God bless. This is James, BCP, Black Conservative Patriot. We'll continue with the Epstein reporting in the next episode and report. Hang tight. And by the way, 2020 election was stolen. We're in a situation where we have put together, and you guys did, did it for our administration, the President Obama's administration before this. We have put together, I think, the most extensive and inclusive voter fraud organization in the history of American politics.